Welcome to this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio. And this kicks off August, which is men's month. And I'm sitting down with my beautiful partner in business and life, Paul Alicio, where I interview him about the importance of starting with yourself and tips and advice for men in the world at the moment that is changing so rapidly about how you can start to do the inner work. This is a beautiful episode to share with the men in your life. So please sit back, enjoy this interview with Paul Alicio. And please know, as this episode does refer to suicide, I have put links in the show notes to Beyond Blue and Lifeline if you need support. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. I'm your host, Juliet Lever. And a few years ago, I personally relaunched my own life from being a workaholic, alcoholic, and chocoholic to now living a life of my own design. I'm on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. And so with 10 minute tips and 30 minute interviews and stories to tune into, tune in to relaunch my life radio to discover your highest potential and feel inspired to live a life of zero regrets. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. Well, I'm really excited to bring my first guest on this month for the theme of Men's Month. And I'm sitting here with my beautiful partner in business and life, Paul. How are you today? I'm really good and really excited to be on again. Yeah. And I wanted to explain a little bit about why I wanted to bring Men's Month forward for August. And I feel like my podcast has been, I've had a mix of male and female people that I've interviewed, of course, but I do feel like it's a really nice opportunity to focus on men who are doing amazing work in the community and also create a bit of a resource for a lot of my listeners who can share these podcasts and interviews with their loved ones, their males in their life, be it their sons, their brothers, their partners, their fathers, whatever it is. If something resonates, please feel free to share it with them. And the reason for this as well is compared to women, men are actually three times more likely to die by suicide in Australia. And those numbers in the last year or two are actually rising. And I just want to bring some awareness to what are the struggles that men are facing in the world at the moment and what does it mean to be a man? And I thought, well, who better to pick their brains than my own partner and find out what he thinks. I will preframe that we have some sacred cacao that we have just cooked cooked, brewed, <laughs> brewed. And so you may hear us having a sip here and there. Uh, but to start off with Paul, I wanted to ask you to begin with, what is it, what is it like to be a man in the world running your own business in the personal development industry? Cool. Good question. It's hard to know what it's like not to be, because obviously that's all I've ever done. Uh, it is interesting though because while you were talking then I was thinking about what's happening in the world and how a lot of the lockdowns and all the things that are going on is actually stopping a lot of people from doing what they think made them a man, right? So a lot of, I'm sure women as well, but as a guy, a lot of what we do is how we identify ourselves. Like I am a this or I am a that and like your business or your your actions are how a lot of people tend to identify themselves and obviously not being able to do a lot of things like show up at work and be a provider or go out and hunt in the way that we do it these days like you know whatever that is for a person is an interesting thing so for me 
I really like the field that we're, that we're in both because I really feel that the more I work on myself and the more I develop myself and learn, the, the more I have to offer and give other people. And it's kind of like, a, a, you know, it's a, it's a win-win. Like the more I work on myself, the more I can give and the better I am as a teacher and the better my students become because of it. But I have to grow as a person to do that. So I really feel like it is a, a nice place to be in. And um, I don't really know what it's like to be in other places. Like early on, I had other jobs, but I've been in this field for nearly 20 years now, which is every time I say it, it gets scarier, but it's getting closer and closer to that. It's like 16 or whatever, 17 years. And so I feel like for ever since my 20s, really working on myself, learning about myself physically, mentally, emotionally has been one of the best things I could have ever done as a man. Because, you know, if I was in a different kind of job, I don't think I would have done that as much. Mm. And yeah. so there is a big sort of shift towards doing inner work. And I guess yeah. there is a bit of pressure perhaps even on men to do that. And there's a lot of different examples of what that even means. And I suppose my question is what what do you see in terms of men doing their inner work and, and what is your kind of advice for men and how to navigate that world? Well, I think with all the external situations going on, that's going to bring up a lot of internal stuff. Like if you have an identity of like I'm the provider or I'm this kind of professional or whatever, and then you can't work, that's going to bring up all the stuff underneath that, you know, with bubbling there. So I think not just now, but anytime is a great time to work on yourself and, and find out, you know, how to navigate your internal world. And I think there are lots of great things out there. There's lots of groups of guys getting together. There's lots of, you know, people doing men's coaching and brotherhood type things, which I think is fantastic. I also do know, and I know, for me personally, I, it has served me and it is super useful. I like to do things alone a lot. And I think a lot of guys are like that. And it, it is sometimes, you know, going into a group setting may or may not be a vibe for everyone, you know, and I think it is worth putting yourself there even if you don't want to sometimes. But I think sometimes you know, having you know one-on-one -on -one mentoring or even books and programs and audios that you know you can do that self-reflection. I feel like for me that's been one of my main things over the years. Like study and self-development has really helped me a lot personally. Like doing it in a group setting, obviously as a student and as a in a classroom and stuff has been fantastic. But I haven't been one to navigate towards working in groups other than things like team sports and and things like that. And I feel like you know, if we were watching some TV shows recently, you know, obviously with lockdown and whatever, and things like even the old school wars and Vikings and like men used to be in groups and fight together with a common purpose and common cause. There's not really that happening anymore. Like what is our war? What is our common purpose? Like you could, you knew you were a man if you fought for your tribe and you died a, you know, honorable death on the battlefield. That's how, you know, the highest attainment of a man back you know in those days now what is it like you sit on your laptop and you know sacrifice yourself to social media gods i don't know like what is what is the uh, equivalent these days so i think finding a sense of meaning and purpose in your how you define tribe if it is like a lone wolf or it is in a you know group that's up to you to decide but i think there is value in doing it both ways and and being in both those worlds but you know reaching out and and finding people to go on the journey with you is really important if that's what you need right now. So why, from your perspective, is the male suicide rate so much more significantly higher? Well, I know growing up that as a guy, 
it was very frowned upon and laughed at and you know to show emotions you know it was it the world's changed a lot since then uh, it was a girly thing it was a non-masculine thing you were weak you were um laughed at you even as a kid you know it, boys don't cry all the things that we heard growing up that probably aren't you know normal in this day and age but back then they were quite common so i think to pretend it wasn't an issue and to show up and man up and all those things teaches you to suppress emotions it teaches you to put on the front and just get it happening anyway like disregard emotions and make it happen and you know you can do that through taking action and, and doing things but when those things get taken away and a lot of ways that people find meaning or used to find meaning aren't available it's very easy to find yourself in a place that isn't awesome uh, and if people don't know a way out then that you know is what they find and um, I'm not sure why people do it. everyone's reason is obviously different but I can see that you know the external world and all the contributing factors have changed a lot and if you are in a place where you don't feel you can open up and you can share that and you know coming from a background where you know the world was a lot more judgmental of men men's emotions I can see for a lot of people that would be it but obviously it's not just my generations it's the younger generation the older generation Every, every generation has their struggles and for everyone it's going to be different and so I think women tend to you know and this is you know just been the way it's been it's been more common for women to talk to each other about how they think and feel and situations and you know gossip and talk about you know, their emotions and how things are going but for men it's business it's how you doing in terms of like work or you know that kind of stuff it's more I think men interact at a different level in the past and that's changing but i think it's just and that's what i want to talk about like how how is that experience that it's changing because if that's how the operating field was and now that's changing that could also be destabilizing in a world that is quite uncertain as well yeah, if well, even how you have to interact as a man is you're expected to be different and be more in touch if that hasn't been your natural way well for me i have been like my work has put me into that. Mm. Like, so it's kind of funny. I was saying how, how, you know, men sort of define themselves by their work a lot. And I think I've worked on that a lot so that I can know that work is something that I've done and do. It's part of me, but it's not all I define myself as. But my work has been a place where I've gone to for that and helped people with that. And so for a long time, I've been creating safe spaces for people to explore themselves mentally and emotionally, which has helped me dramatically. If I didn't have that, and that's the reason I got into this work because I was in a pretty interesting place. Like I was yeah, in, let's go there. I'm, I'm sure some, some of you guys may know the story, but a lot of you might not. In my late teens, early 20s, I was in a highly tumultuous place. Like I basically got to the point where I was super afraid of the world. I had really bad panic attacks, anxiety, basically auditory hallucinations where I basically was in having really bad paranoia where I thought everywhere I went, people were going like trying to get me which was an interesting scenario so basically I became afraid of the world and uh, really just trapped in my own head so my fears got bigger and bigger and my world got smaller and smaller and I kind of stumbled across the tools that I teach today self-hypnosis I found my mum left me a book that had one page on self-hypnosis and that dramatically changed everything for me I you know again my mum got me to copy some tape recorder things of Tony Robbins personal power Two program and after you know recording it for her, I actually listened to it, and that changed everything for me. So you know those kind of random occurrences really shaped my life. And you know it was a book. 
it was an audio program. It wasn't, you know, it was sometimes that can be the catalyst. And that got me to start looking at how I was thinking and feeling, to start realizing that the way I breathe affected my body, the way that I perceived the world affected my emotions. It was one book, uh, and when I tell the story a little bit more in depth, I end up, couldn't leave my house. Basically, the next day, I made myself promise I was going to get out of the house. I ended up in the library and I found a book that basically told me that the reason why my stomach and my digestive system and my irritable bowel syndrome stuff was happening was because my body is responding to my thoughts. And I hadn't heard that. I've been to doctors. No one said anything about this. No one, you know, they just wanted to you know, look at it in a different way. And then when I started tracking my thoughts, I started realizing very quickly that specific kinds of thoughts were triggering my, my digestive system to go. And then all of a sudden I had this internal realization that my thoughts are doing this like, wow, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started going on the journey to find out more and more because I realized how much my internal world was more powerful than the external world. It didn't matter what was happening on the outside. It's the way that I looked at it, the way I perceived it, the way I responded and reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And so that took me on the journey. And then I just basically built my life around that because I realized how powerful it was for me. I just wanted to share that with people and the more tools, the more things that I've explored, the more I've taught those things and anything that it's helped me, I really want to share with people. And, you know, everyone's gateway into the personal development world may be different, but that was how I got into it. It was out of necessity. Mm. It was out of being, like, I remember talking to myself in the mirror the night I couldn't leave the house, like one of many nights. But this one moment, I couldn't even recognize myself in the mirror. And I said to myself, look, you need to make a promise that there's only two things that can happen here. One, you're just going to continue to get worse and worse and get even more crazy and lose your stuff and never go anywhere. And, you know, who knows, might even end up ending my life. But, you know, it was it was, it was a thought, but it wasn't an action at that point. Yeah. But I kind of made myself a promise that I'd do whatever it took to turn it around. And then literally the next day, I ended up in the library, found a book that told me to look at my thoughts. And then all these little, you know, synchronicities fell into place where, you know, at each stage, another piece of the puzzle emerged and and if you explore them then it opens up the next doorway to you know self-exploration so it doesn't like for, for men it might be scary to go out and talk to someone but it might be easy to listen to a thing on the internet like and this there's podcast so much or, available yeah now. you know it yeah. and it just can be that one thing it doesn't it like a small thing can change everything it doesn't have to be and i think for a lot of people they think they have to change everything mm. but Everything changes when you can change one thing. You know, it doesn't have to be go out and just dramatically quit your job and do all these things. Like, you know, and that has a place too. But sometimes it's that spend that five minutes breathing or journaling or you know, get on the phone and talk to a family member or just have that connection. Mm. I know for me, moving my body is huge. You know, if I have days where I go out and move, I train, I stretch, I, you know, do some sprinting or I shoot some hoops, that's. A game changer for me you know so yeah. I think the work can look different for a lot of people and it, it, you know it can definitely it's important like making it a priority to, to help you get to where you need to be is super important yeah and I think what we've been through in the last sort of year and a half with mm. regular lockdowns and having certain I suppose liberties and freedoms being shifted and changed is that people's coping mechanisms maybe for distracting them from those suppressed emotions or those feelings or those thoughts even those coping mechanisms aren't 
as available. And so people are being forced kind of into the situation you were in in your teenage, like being afraid of the world and not leaving the house. And we're not being able to leave the house. And I think one thing that's important that just popped into my mind, the coping mechanisms. Uh, At that point in my life, I was, you know, experimenting and I was, you know, a teenager drinking, binge drinking. Uh, I was, you know, smoking things like marijuana and and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of that was a contributing factor in destabilizing my mental, emotional state. Mm. So, you know, those coping mechanisms can be the actual reason why the problem's worse. Yeah. And actually... Or like putting more kerosene on the fire. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're... People say, you know, depression, all these things, you know, they're based on a chemical imbalance. But guess what? You fucking drink or you smoke, that's chemically imbalancing your body. If you're, you know, doing all these things that are stimulating your body creating all these different hormonal cascades, that's going to be a destabilizing factor. Then you're going to be feeling that way, but then you're going to start thinking that way, which then creates more feelings, which creates more thinking, and then it starts the cycle. Mm. And I know for me, I've spent majority of my life alcohol-free. I drink rarely. And if I do, it's because it's a special occasion, and it's, it's more like I, it's just a thing to celebrate, but I literally have not been drunk in as long as I can remember since being a teenager or whatever. Yeah, I've never seen you drunk. Yeah. And I, you know have had a couple of you know puffs of the magic it's not magic dragon that's a completely different thing haven't done that um but you know have had a, a a little bit of a thing just every once in a while you know just to with a friend or a family member if it's been appropriate but i don't need those things don't it's not part of my life and i actually feel that alone has been one of the biggest factors in me being the way i am mm. was the fact that i didn't and look, there's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with smoking. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, recreational drugs if it does suit you. But I think for a lot of men, it is their coping mechanism. It is yeah. their, I don't know how to handle this emotion. I need to feel different. I'm going to drink. Or I don't know how to handle this emotion. I'm going to smoke. And, you know. And it is socially acceptable. Yeah. And I, I think, look, there's a big push for marijuana to become legal. There's a big push for all these kind of things. And I think it is great and it's useful. But guess what? It becomes another Band-Aid. It, it, you know, it can be a thing where it doesn't necessarily, isn't going to help the problem. It sometimes can be, oh, I feel better, but have you dealt with the real reason, you know? Yeah. Um, having a packet of Doritos or a, a thing can also just change how you feel. You know, it, it, has it made you feel better or has it just changed how you felt in the moment? Yeah. And it is a Band-Aid. And that's something I think, you know, needs to be looked at. But I think if that's your coping mechanism now, then don't throw it out the window, but think about some some more long-term strategies in terms of building that base because your mind and your body are the same thing. You can't have a mind that's functioning well that can create good mental, emotional clarity and states if your body is a swamp of, you know, toxic alcohol and, you know, recreational drugs and all those kind of things. Um, I'm sure some people can do it, but I know that I couldn't, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, it is... It is what I've seen in, I guess, media and in how people are meant to cope during this time of change in the world is, mm. oh, just go home and have your bottle of wine or go home and do this. And, and obviously we've chuckled at that. But I think one of... Yeah, the only things that are still open are the liquor stores or whatever, yeah. Yeah, why... What, yeah, and I think maybe the gym is like a healthy outlet for men to be able to express stuff and let, like shift their emotional state. Yeah. And that being closed as well definitely would have impacted with people. But I also think a lot of people are... On their own like a lot of people do live on their own mm. as well um, and community and connection is something that we need as humans and I think 
you know, you can say that you like being on your own, but, you know, connection is really important. Yeah, as well. I think it is important, but I just want to say this because um, this is something I've realized for myself. You can be in a room and feel completely alone, or you can be alone and feel completely connected. So yes. I don't think it's connection with people as is important as connection with self. Yeah. So I think sometimes for people, being around other people gets them to connect with how they feel and that actually gives them a place to actually... Because it's not... it's Look, and this is something about lockdown. This is something about being in a prison. I've never been in a prison that I can remember. No, but, you know, it's... You I, said I, that you'd love it because you just sit there and read books all read day. Read books, get swole, get, get, you know, get my, you know, muscle... Prison fitness. Prison workout happening. Um, You're but, too pretty to go to prison. Yeah, too pretty. <laughs> Yeah, but look, it's not the outside world, it's the way you look at it. And I think, you know, even if you talk about man's search for meaning, it's, you know, you could be in a prison and feel free. You know, people say, you know, you said before, our freedoms and our liberties are getting taken away. Uh, you know, it's about how you see it. You can see this as an opportunity that no matter what's happening in the outside world, that you are free inside. You know, I think one of my favorite movies, The Hurricane, the guy got locked up for not doing something. And then in that prison, he was reading all Gandhi and all these kind of things. And he realized that he could never be locked up if he didn't, like in his own mind is where he was free or not. Yeah. And he, you know, shadow boxing in his, in his prison cell. It was such a powerful moment. But I think, you know, if, if you get that and you realize that for you connecting to self, that's, some people need other to connect to self. And we only know self in reflection other, but if you can go one layer deeper than that and just do it while you're by yourself then that will help you when you're with others too because um, sometimes it's easy to get lost in others and i think maybe for me that in growing up i had so many others around that it was very easy to be focused on other but when i'm by myself that's when i can really focus on me so look everyone's different i'm just sharing what i know and how i feel and i know that if and when i take time to connect to self then everything else is goes smoother everything else flows really well uh and there's lots of different ways to do that yeah so you mentioned that a big part of your sort of transition and being in this world and being in the personal development industry is that you've had some incredible mentors who have also helped you learn things and shift things about yeah. yourself who are some of the mentors that have helped you on your journey so initially as far back as I remember, it was, you know, things like sport and things like, you know, musicians and things like that. So growing up, I had, you know, some idols and heroes that I looked up to like that. But then in my late teens, early 20s, when I was sort of coming out of my cave, as to speak, I really found some great mentors in the fitness world. You know, people like Donald Carr, who I learned a lot from. Um, one of my great friends as well, Jason Wagner, was really great and helping me to understand how to be successful in in you know, what I was doing and how important it was to do certain things a certain way. And then, you know, Paul Check was vital. Uh, he really taught me to think bigger and think holistically and see people as more than just a body and, you know, the mental emotional factors, which I had already realized, but then it's funny, I knew it for self, but then I didn't realize for other. And I like, I don't know if I'm the only one that's guilty of this. Sometimes it's really easy to forget that other people are more than just what's in front of you. They have their life history they have their emotion they have all these things when they walk in the door so you know you're not just the weight you're putting on a bar they're lifting they're lifting all their mental emotional stuff on top of that so that was a real eye-opener for me 
and then you know just you know people like Tony Robbins was vital in my life uh, you know Bob Proctor I really audios and, and books and stuff really were huge things as well and then later on in my life you know people like uh, some of the guys I've learned through the NLP world a bit more like Tad James some of his stuff initially got me on the journey and then people like Martini, uh John Overdurf lots of different things like I, f- I find a lot of people that are working like for me it's been people that have been in the mental emotional and health fields that have been really inspirational but then like musicians and people that are artists in certain ways have definitely inspired me and I think one thing that I learned as well is that you don't have to build what a man is or what your ideal self is based on one person yes yeah so growing up like our model for what a man is is our father our you know grandpa our uncle our brother or whatever and that's cool and that will get you to a point and um, we might dive in this a little bit more as well but uh you can learn some things that aren't optimal in terms of you know how they do things like you might see that you're Parents might be really good at some things, but other areas of life, they're maybe not as fulfilled or they're not reaching an optimal level for what is possible. So for some of the mentors, they might be fantastic at, you know, being a great musician, but they're not fantastic at looking after their body. Mm. Some people might have really great relationship, but they're not so good financially. So what I've kind of realized over the years is you can find those kind of people that have some things that you want to replicate and kind of build a map in your mind of, how to get there for yourself. Yeah, and this is even like one of the, and I want to talk a bit about NLP and hypnosis mm. with you around it, but one of the things in our NLP, in our master practitioner training is we do modeling activities and we actually get our uh, students to think about who are experts in different areas of life and model simply that area from each different person. So it's not just this one pedestaled perfect human that doesn't exist, but picking and choosing different mentors for different And what's strengths. really fantastic about that is you realize that it's just certain ways of thinking, certain actions and certain consistent behaviors that create the outcome. Mm. There's nothing magical about that person. They've just done certain things in a certain way for long enough to achieve that result. Yep. And by finding that map or that model, you can go out and replicate it yourself. And I think a lot of people misinterpret what NLP actually is. It's not actually the techniques. NLP is a mindset. It's you know adopting the mindset of curiosity, finding what worked and replicating it and creating a system and structure that you could follow, anyone could follow to get a result. So, so hang on. So if someone yeah. says NLP doesn't work. Well, what about NLP doesn't work? That's NLP, we talk about this a lot. It's like the idea of Bunnings. Bunnings is just a shop where you go to get stuff. If you want to build a, build a house, you need certain tools to do that. NLP has tools. But one thing that NLP has that Bunnings doesn't have, it's got principles and ways of thinking. So if you walk in there and you go, look, I want to build a house, you go, well, who's built a house really well? Great, I'm going to go see what they've done. What were they focused on? What was important to them? What were their beliefs about it? What was their body posture and their physiology and how were they thinking and feeling while they did that? All the steps and actions they took. And so NLP has created all these tools and techniques. You know, so if you go to Bunnings and you wanna build a house and you start swinging around a chainsaw, that's gonna be the wrong tool for the job. But if you go in there and you've got- A plan. A plan, yeah. number one, and you know exactly how to use the tools and, and you've found someone that has built a house before and you replicate it in the steps and ways they have, you'll find the right tool for the job. And sometimes you need to order it because it's not in there. And what we've done with NLP over the years is we've built things into it based on what we needed for what we do. The Evolve State came out of me modeling a whole heap of different things, seeing what worked and thinking about, okay, great. These hammers and these chainsaws are great, but why do they all work? 
Yeah. It's not about a chainsaw or a hammer. It's about the mindset behind that. And so we built that into NLP to, to add that another layer of intention and thinking. And one of the things we were talking about just the other day is that in terms of like a healing journey or like a, a human, a whole human, you wouldn't just get everything that you need from Bunnings. But, you know, sometimes you need to go to the supermarket. Sometimes yeah. you need to go to a boutique sh- store. So you might, you know, and so saying that a entire field and modality doesn't work really to me indicates that people don't understand, don't understand it. it. And if you do go to another store, if you have the mindset of what, NLP was about to start with curiosity and finding out what works and what yes. doesn't. You could go to the beach and go, okay, why does the beach heal me? Yeah. It's because I'm going to a parasympathetic state because of the nature sounds. It's because I go into a peripheral vision. Mm. It's because I'm getting all the different nutrients from the water. It's because my body shifts when, you know, and so you can take those tools and techniques from that and you can replicate that in different ways. Mm. So it's not, it doesn't, it just lets you peel back the illusion of how things work and why and they work. understand the nature of reality. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, uh, and I think for me, I'm really passionate about talking about that because a lot of people that do teach these things don't realize that's what it's about. And they think it's just the technique. It's just this. I know. I remember that from my trainers yeah. training. It's a phenomenal, the difference in understanding. And I think because you've been studying this and teaching it for such a long time, mm. I'm yeah, so grateful for your And not just this. I've studied basically anything that you can get out there that is about mindset and healing, mm. about you know, everything from spiritual stuff to highly physical stuff. Anything that I see that's new or different, I want to go see why it works, how it works, why they think it works, and deconstruct it and look at the commonalities, the things that are missing, the things that... And, you know, peek behind the mirror and go or the curtain and go, is this working because of the way they think it is? Yeah. And for a lot of those things, I've learned a lot that's made me better at the things that we teach and built them into our trainings too. And then, you know, the whole idea of hypnosis and hypnotherapy, I honestly, personally had no idea how powerful it would be until I experienced it. And I did think it was this scary, you know, altered state and I would lose control of who I was and all of these things. But the shifts and the changes that eventuated when I did surrender to Mm. the process and, and experience hypnotherapy and then study it, it's like you cannot help but be passionate about how powerful it is because it's so simple and yet it's so profound. Well, what's so big about the way that we teach the hypno is we realize that people are going in and out of trances all the time and that all communication is hypnotic in nature. So when you realize the structure of how people communicate and the way we think and feel and how much you're going in and out of trance and hypnotizing yourself all the time and everyone you talk to is doing it, you realize how powerful and how much of a life skill and how vital it is. Even if you never worked with a person, you're always working with yourself. Everything you say and do to yourself is self-hypnosis. You're either reinforcing the trances of you know negative things that you've experienced that you can't do it and all these kind of things and reinforcing those perceptions, or you're changing them. Hmm. You know, Even how you think and feel about yourself is any hypnotic trance. You're in the trance where you're you with your name and your challenges and your problems, but that's not real. That's just based on the hypnosis you've conditioned over your life to make you think that way so i i would recommend for anyone listening regardless of who you are or what stage you're at Mm. it's a really good opportunity to start noticing what are the things that you're saying to yourself on a regular basis and are they motivating you or are they demotivating you and it's really easy to catch if if you're feeling in a suboptimal emotional state 
Notice what am I thinking about right now or what was I thinking about right before that and catch the self-hypnosis, catch the thinking. And Yeah, the words, the pictures, the things you're focused on in your mind. We often will ask our students in our class if, if an emotion does bubble up or if something shifts or someone starts, you know, a reaction happens, we'll say, well, what are you doing inside your mind right now? Because there will always be some sort of content. Yeah, you cannot content. have an emotional reaction or response in your body without some content in your mind. Mm. Uh, it's impossible. So yeah, just being aware and a lot of this is happens so fast and it happens unconsciously and so you have to become aware. Mm. One of the biggest things I've realized with anything, personal development, whatever, hypnosis especially, it's all about attention and awareness. Where your focus and attention and awareness goes, your energy flows and a lot of our attention and awareness is just on unconscious processes. Yeah. So a lot of people aren't aware of how they make themselves depressed or how they make themselves anxious or how they make themselves feel and I will use the word make yourself because when you do realize and you have attention and awareness on it, you realize it's a process that you're doing to and through yourself. Mm. So it's not like to blame you, but it's to give you the ability to take ownership and to be responsible, able to respond to it and go, hey, look, this is how I've been running. This is the program I've been using. Is this what I want to do moving forward? Is this how I want to see the world? Is this the way I want to think and feel about myself? It becomes a choice then. you have, And what I say to people with hypnosis is, I don't use hypnosis to put people to sleep, I use it to wake them up. You can become awake to the, the nightmare you've been creating in your life and you can then make a conscious choice to choose what you wanna create moving forward. So you've woken up to the fact that you've been unconscious and everyone's unconscious of some things and they're conscious of others and you can just direct that spotlight of awareness to do a bit of searching in that warehouse of your mind and go, hey look, is this give me the outcome I want? This is how it's all happening? Do I still wanna do this or not? Mm. Yes, definitely. Now, I want to bring it back to our topic and yep. to men. And I, whether you are listening and you're thinking about passing this to a loved one in your life or if you are a male listening to this, I would love to ask you from a male perspective, what support do men need in the world right now from partners, parents, children? Cool. So I always like to start with self first. So work out what you need personally and want and that you need from from yourself and make a commitment to yourself because it doesn't matter how much external support you get if you're not giving yourself what you need and putting yourself as a priority then that's going to fall apart so get clear on look what are your movement needs what are your nutrition and what are your sleep and all those things and make that a priority mm -hmm. and if you do that that's going to give you that base to then take everything else on i know i'm very lucky to have a very supportive partner and we talk a lot and we ask each other what we need and how we can support each other and and so I feel like if you have that, that's a great place to start and being open and starting that communication. And it might, if you haven't had it, it can you know, be a big step to do it. And I understand that. But slowly starting that, it becomes natural and it becomes easy and normal to check in daily, check in weekly and say, how are you doing? What do you, how can I support you this week? What do you need from me? And for us, a lot of time, it's I just need some time for myself to do this or, hey, can you help me with this one or two things? And it's not as big as you imagine it being, but just sometimes asking for it mm. allows you to feel safe. And it's that internal check of, well, what do I need? And a lot of times it's a lot less than you think. And sometimes it might be more, right? Yeah. So there's that. And, you know, for a lot of people, it might be joining something, you know, getting some sort of a coach, coach or, or it might be, yeah. you know, doing some study or it might be joining a men's circle or, you know, for me, I, I really enjoy my once a week or once a, whenever I play basketball. It is a social thing. It does get me out there. I do have that team camaraderie, that challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think for men, having some physical challenge to overcome, even as stupid as putting a ball in a hoop, is something, you know? Yeah. Like, 
if, if you play darts or whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but having that sense of accomplishment and achievement of, I don't know if it's built into men, we have to conquer, we have to, you know, chase something, hunt something down, hit the target, catch, catch the you know, animal, whatever. If there's some way for you to do that, it can be whatever. Hey, look, if it's a computer game, it's a computer game. I don't know what it is for you guys, but having something where you feel that sense of attainment or uh, I don't know if it's some primal thing built into men, but I know that when I'm doing something physical and I'm you know pushing myself that way, I feel fantastic. So yeah, yeah. and if you're not, you get competitive with turn me. In, yeah, turn into a grizzly bear <laughs> at, at home. <laughs> and you know the world is changing, right? And that's something that we could say regardless of the year. The world's always changing. The world's changing. always yeah. changing, yeah. yeah. And it, and people can say that it's changing for the worse. All or we are is change. Yeah. But... And all that is happening is change. But it, the truth is it's all just, yeah, reshaping and transforming. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose the, the comment or the, the question is, what would your advice be for people who are trying to hold on to the way things were, cool. given that the well, world is Well, the best way to mess up anything is to hold on and resist, mm-hmm. you know, Whenever you stop the, try to stop the flow, you're plugging the holes of the dam. Your hands are caught up in keeping things the way they were. Uh, if everything's changing, the best thing to do is go with it. You know, direct it. If you're trying to roll against the stream, you're going to get tired, you're going to get burnt out, and it's going to take you anyway, but you're not going to be able to steer because you've just burned yourself out. So if you know which way the wind's blowing, adjust your sails. I think, like I talked about before, wake up and make some conscious decisions and go, okay, this is what's happening. How do I want to use what's happening to help me to get to where I want to go? Mm. If the water's going that way, how do I steer my ship to help me get to where I want to get to? If the wind's blowing that way, how do I use my sails to get me there? So you, you can either be a victim to the outside world and what's happening, or you can use it to help you to get to where you go. Everything's either you know, serving you, or it's you, know, t- you can perceive it as helping you, or you can make it the enemy or the threat. Yeah. And you might as well choose that it's helping you, because if not, if you, if you say it's a threat, you can't do anything about it and you're the victim of it. But if you say it's serving you, you can use it to help you get to where you want to go. So I think just having that mindset shift where you go, okay, great, this is what's happening. How do I use this to my advantage? How do I use this to help me get to where I want to go? I could either say this is my reason or excuse for not being able to get where I want to go or I can just go, hey, look, the wind's blowing that way. Instead of hitting the ball there, I'm going to keep hitting it that way because then it can adjust. Mm-hmm. Same with any of your, your goals or what you want to get in life. You can either try to, I'm going to use the term piss into the wind. As a man, you know what that's about. If you try to piss in the wind, what happens? I don't know what, what that's happens? about. I don't want well, to know what that's about. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Makes it, sense. Yeah, you can, or you can either go with it Yeah. because that's what's going to happen. This is what life is. You can either try to fight the change and resistance, which is just not going to happen. The best way is not fighting things. It's you know going for what you want. Yeah. You know, If you put more energy into fighting, you're going to get more of that. So I have a question because... I remember, you know, seven, eight years ago before I relaunched my life, mm. I felt really stuck in my work and I felt like I wanted to do something different, but I had this paycheck that I was committed to find all of my financial commitments. And I, and I wonder, and I'm often curious about the, the role, you know, and we are being very gender dominant with the way yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about these things here. And so please bear that in mind. And, and we're just kind of trying to, expand things out and play with some ideas here but the role generally that men have if we think about in the family in the household is the provider and Mm -hmm. i'm curious about the suicide rates and if there are people who feel really stuck and trapped in the life that they're living and they're not enjoying it and one example that i've shared recently was i was in perth a couple of months ago and i was sitting at the airport and i saw like 
hundreds and hundreds of really tired looking male FIFO workers. And I was looking at them and I was curious, you know, within my own thought process, how many of them freaking don't want to do what they're doing, mm. but they've got to pay the bills. And I think that life is obviously what you're telling yourself about life. But I was curious how many people feel like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And saying that to yourself and then still doing something day in, day out mm. is a really nice recipe to feel stuck and trapped and depressed and all of that. And I guess my question to you is, what words of advice or suggestions do you have if there are people who feel stuck in their life or feel like they have to do something because they have financial commitments? Yeah. So this is huge and there's lots of different ways to go with this. I'm always going to start with self first again. I know I've said this a million times, but you can either try to change the world or you can change yourself. The easiest one is to change yourself, right? And then make steps to change the world. Easy to you, but not to everyone else, right? No. Okay. And that's, that's important that you said that because like I've spent a couple of decades getting good at this, right? And, and this is why I teach this because for a lot of people, the first thing to do is change, try to change the outside world, quit the job. Do, you know, do whatever. And that's, that could be a thing, but you can still feel stuck in a different job or you can still feel whatever in whatever place. So again, you can take steps to change the outside world and that's definitely worth doing. But then taking steps to change the inside world, the outside world's going to change anyway. Mm. So you can feel stuck in that job or you can feel that that job creates a foundation for you to have everything that you want or whatever, right? So looking at self first and getting yourself to a place where you can see how your job your situation is actually serving you and it's actually giving you what you want in life at the moment based on your current values and looking at that that's going to be huge and you know getting yourself to a place where you're grateful for what you have because that's always going to be a great starting point mm -hmm. if you're making decisions from a place of stuck and trying to get out of it i don't want to be stuck anymore i'm you know sick of being stuck then that's just going to a lot of times get you more stuck you know and chasing just changing how you feel we know that's a trap that we've talked about before mm. so getting yourself to a, a good stable place to start with then making decisions from there it's going to be a great place to start yeah because otherwise you're sort of just jumping from one fry pan into the next yeah right? and look this may need coaching to help you get to that place this may need some study or some you know books and audios that you can learn about or you know even one of the trainings that we offer can help you how to do that and then once you've done that then looking at waking up and going okay this is the pattern that i've been in and this is what's happening in my life. Maybe I've done this in lots of different ways before. Cool, great. So I'm the common factor here. It doesn't matter if it's this job or that job, this relationship, that relationship, whatever. Making some shifts about that. And then as you change the internal world, shifting the outside world as well. And a lot of times that will shift anyway and things start being different. Mm. And look, it's never, and I'm going to talk about this as every time people talk to me, it's never the thing, it's the way you think about the thing. It's never the job, it's never the person, it's never the phone call, it's never the training session, it's never the whatever. It's always the way you think about it. So realizing the power of your thoughts and how you perceive the world is literally a game changer. And that's why I spend more of my time talking about it and teaching it. Mm. Yeah. So start with self. That would be your number one tip I'm taking from 100%. this. 100%. <laughs> well, look, that's basically what we've talked about a lot. And I know from... That's all there is. <laughs> all the, and look... And this is not going to get into a lecture of what is self and, and all that, because really there is no other, it's only self and everything that you think about other people is really just a reflection and a projection of self. Mm -hmm. And your work isn't your work. It's the way you see your work. You know, there's other people at the job that might love it. There's other people that, you know, might have want to trade what they've got for that. 
but why don't you see it that way? Mm. It's because you don't see it that way. And the only thing that's there is you. And, you know, that's where I'm always going to start. And as a coach, when I work with clients, I want to hear what they say about the outside world because it shows me a lot about what's going on inside of them. Mm. And then I'm not going to go, hey, look, go out and, like you said last night on the thing we had, bring all your family into therapy and coaching because I'll get rid of all their problems and you'll be fine. Uh, which, like Wayne Dyer said comically in one of his uh, lectures uh, a fair while back. And that, you know, that is an approach, but the truth is it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. If you get yourself to where you need to be, that's going to be the main thing. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to do that. You need to allow yourself to do that and give yourself permission to do that because as you do, then everyone else around you is going to benefit. And I think for men... You know, I know I, I've been guilty of this, like trying to be the martyr, trying to put everything on your back, trying to carry everyone, all the burdens of the family, all the financial pressure, all this. Like as men, it's been a, not always, I'm going to say it's just men, I'm sure women do it too, but it's been the way that we find purpose is to just take on the burdens of all of that stuff and just battle through and do it. And it's okay to build yourself up and it's okay to help give yourself what you need because mm. you have more to give to other people yeah yeah and so what what would your last sort of words of advice be for people i know that you know this whole month and men's month on relaunch my life radio i'm interviewing incredible male coaches mm-hmm. you your at capacity for coaching i know you coach elite athletes and you're obviously coaching people in our business mentorship yeah. program as well but we do have courses and trainings where i think that there's such a benefit to working with a coach for raising self-awareness and clearing through things and getting that experience of change and then at some points there's that i want to learn these tools for myself because yeah. I think working with a coach is sort of one level and it's so profound and you will learn so much. Also getting skills and, and having that deeper transformation in a training is I mean, really You can take too. it with you for your whole life. And so mm. everything that you've learned stays with you. You, know, you can never lose your own knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And personally, I wouldn't say it's like one or the other. I would say it's really powerful to do both. And yeah. I think both of our journeys have been so rich because of the coaches we've both worked with individually, but also the personal development trainings we've done. And I would definitely recommend we have a beautiful graduate directory of people who have trained with us male and female coaches Mm. all around the world and uh, they do a lot of online sessions and so I'll put the links in the show notes to our graduate directory if you are looking for a coach and uh, also the links to our website if you'd like to know more about our online NLP trainings and hypnotherapy trainings as well that are available Uh, one thing that I did want to say as well is that if anything has come up for you uh, I'm putting the links as well to Beyond Blue and Lifeline on this episode so if because we have mentioned suicide if you know there's anything that's come up for you please do reach out and Mm -hmm. uh, reach the appropriate help and I think that's really what you inspire in not only you know regardless of gender you inspire that in people is that it's not a weakness to ask for help and to no. support yourself. In fact, it's the, it's a strength because if you start with yourself, then you are that strong foundation for everything and everyone in your life. And if people are neglecting themselves, that's, that's going to create a whole world of issues. And in yeah. your, what you think is a weakness is where you find your strength a lot of time. You know, if you're carrying all this baggage with you, when you finally put it down, that frees up a lot of energy and a lot of space in your head and in your your, your your world so anytime that you do stop and you do do this kind of work 
it pays dividends and it may not seem like the most productive thing. It may not seem like, you know, if you have, if you're worried about money and then you've got to spend money on things to get a coach or to do your thing, it, it, you know, I can see how that could be a stressor, but every time I've ever invested in my, in my personal development, my learning, my education, it's been the best use of anything, my time, energy, money in my life. Mm-hmm. And so look, that's what's helped me. And that's what I, I share with people. Uh, and I've shared a lot of different things that's helped me in this as well. And some of it's just basic movement, basic breathing, basically getting clear on stuff. But it is worth it. And anyone that does have a judgment on it, it's, it's their thing. It's not yours. You know, if your friends are going to hang shit on you because you've got a coach, well, that's their problem. That's their challenge. That's their block. And they will, if, as long as they judge it, they're never going to set themselves free of it. So I encourage people to let go of your judgments of what you think you need to be as a man or what is okay as a man because that's got you to where it's got you but it's not going to get you to where you want to get to so you know everything's useful until it's not and some of those things that may be the traps that you're stuck in that's stopping you from thinking and feeling the way you want to and having the life the way you want it to be so you know just sometimes question some of those old patterns and go is this what i want to keep carrying with me or is this like i say a wise warrior knows when to put the sword down and that sword that might have been protecting you and keeping you safe might be the same sword that is you know, stopping you from having something else in your life. So, you know, let go of those things, allow yourself to explore different things because if it's not working, it's not working. You know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So maybe try some different things. Maybe do that yoga class. Maybe do, you know, <laughs> what we heard, sacred cacao, I call it chalky milk morning. You no, know, try some different stuff and it's gonna be okay, you know? And I think when, if you can be a leader of yourself, then your friends and family around you will be following. Because a lot of what I did a lot of years back was kind of weird. Like I remember being the guy at the gym that was doing Tai Chi on the gym floor. I was the guy that was rolling around on the ground doing crawling and all this stuff. And everyone's like, the fuck what is that he shit? Doing? What's this weird stuff? Yeah. You're a weirdo. And then pretty quickly, everyone was doing it. Like when they saw me get stronger, when they saw me do things they couldn't do in the gym, they're like, well, that stuff must be working. What's going on? I was out stacking rocks down at the beach. I was jumping into cold water and doing ice things. Now everyone's doing it, you know? And this is things that happened 10, 15, 20 years ago or whatever. And like, I didn't invent any of these things. I just saw people do them and thought, cool, I want to give that a go. And it may be different than what everyone is doing, but eventually it becomes what everyone's doing eventually. So, you know, you might have to be the first one to step out to show that it's safe for everyone else. And that's what you, what what I kind of encourage you guys. Be, be okay being that first one in your family the first one in your friend group the first one in your whatever to be that leader of yourself and then you're going to get the benefit and whether they come along with you that's up to them that's their journey but it's worth it cool thank you so much i feel like there's a lot of important points raised in this interview and i really love having these chats so thank you for being on men's month on relaunch my life radio and thank you for being thank you for having me keep evolving everyone hopefully we chat soon that's this week's episode from relaunch my life radio live from australia visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more and remember it's never too late to relaunch your life